Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. It's Living the Bream with the host of Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream. All right, on today's Live in the Bream, you are going to learn things, but you're going to have a fun time doing it. That's what I have figured out from this brand new book from one of my absolute favorite people and authors in the world. You know him. You love him. He's an award-winning journalist, producer, New York Times bestselling author, a Fox News contributor. He, you will often see on the Ingram Angle. You have guessed it. Our friend Raymond Arroyo is back. Raymond, welcome. Oh, Shannon, thanks for having me back. Listen, I I tell people, like, they actually can find you anywhere. You are the lead anchor for EWTN News. You're on radio. Um, You have got scores of books out there. I don't know how you manage it all, my friend, but I'm really thankful that you do. Oh, thank you. Well, I, you know, I, I have a lot of different interests and mm-hmm. I, I always tell people I'm really a variety performer because I, you know, <laughs> I, I like to write for kids. I like to write for adults. I like writing biographies. We do a little comedy on the side and you're reporting, you know, important issues of consequence. So mm-hmm. um, it keeps me sane and writing for families. You know, I call, I don't call these picture books. I call them family reads. Mm-hmm. And um, writing these family reads, I think, are, are a bit of a calling for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there are bits of American history that we've lost. And you know, Shannon, what was that old, there's that old Gandhi line, something about your, your thoughts and the stories you hold in your head make the man. And, mm. you know, uh, America has forgotten its story. And so part of what I'm trying to do with these turnabout tales, it's a new series from HarperCollins and Zondervan, uh, is really to revive hidden bits of history that I think families, particularly young people, will find exciting and maybe draw lessons from for their own lives. That's the idea anyway. Yes, and this beautiful brand new book is The Unexpected Light of Thomas Alva Edison. It has gorgeous illustrations, but... Raymond, in reading this book, I'm an adult, and I got to tell you, when I was a little kid, one of the field trips that we went on when I was growing up in Florida um, was to this home that Thomas Edison had in Fort Myers down in Florida. And so I thought, I know a little bit about Thomas Edison. There is so much in your book that I did not know. I mean, really interesting information that tells us more about who he was and his life and his mother. Um, And so kids are going to be and families and adults are going to be entertained, but they're going to learn stuff about him. Well, that's what I hope to do here. And and look, I you know, there's a, Edison gets a bad rap because every and look, I've seen it on book tour, Shannon. You know, on book tour, you've just been on book tour as well. When you when you walk in, people will tell you immediately what they think about everything, particularly oh, yeah. your book. You know, you you get full full frontal um, <laughs> your outfit, your hair, everything. The whole, the whole. People routine. have things to yeah. say. <laughs> well, I've gotten an earful about Edison because a lot of people think that he ripped off Tesla, who you know was was his own type of genius, um, and that somehow he he you know took everyone else's inventions and patented them. Well, th- that's really not true. But um, the truth is, he employed Tesla once he was already established 
Edison did. But Edison as a creator, as an innovator, as a young person is who I'm interested in here. And, you know, Edison probably had ADHD, Shannon, Mm -hmm. which, you know, you've got six million people diagnosed every year with ADHD. And I thought here was a child with a, a very unlikely beginning who becomes our greatest inventor. And how do I somehow capture that so that people get it? Well, I could have written a chapter book and I thought, you know, I'll cut my audience in half, but if I turn it into a picture book for families, I'll get a wide readership and everybody can partake in this and at least get the essentials. Here was a boy who at eight years old was thrown out of school and he was a curious child. He he explored and uh, tried to discover how fire was made and, uh, you know, how, how bees made honey. And he did it in the way a child might, ripping open a beehive or, you know, blowing up the, the family barn and burning it down. <laughs> um, so yeah, yikes. He, there were some some negative twists and turns here, but they're all part of his story. They are. They are. And, you know, and people say, well, why are you putting that in there? Well, I put it there because it happened. Eh? Yeah. And it shows you that creation, innovation is often messy and even at times destructive, which is why his mother brilliantly learned to channel that. And at eight years old, he's thrown out of school and the schoolmaster says he's a dunce. He can't be taught. And um, and and he's an idiot. And his mother saw the possibility in Thomas Edison. And she said, no, he's got more intelligence than you have. And he's a curious and a smart boy. I'm going to take him home and homeschool him, which she does. And, you know, I came upon this story by accident, Shannon. I was, someone had given me a very big Edison biography, one of those big doorstop things that you flip through but never read. And I went (laughs) to the end and there was a quote near the end and it said, my mother was the making of me. She let me Mm. follow my bent. If it had not been for her appreciation and her faith in me at a critical time, I should never have become an inventor. And when I read that, I thought, why have I never heard this story? And who is this mother? So Mm -hmm. I began investigating and uh, the story of, of Thomas and his mother, Nancy Edison, really became the heart of this story and one I thought I had to tell. Yeah, it absolutely is, because she does see this possibility in him and and imagine that the quote that you read that edison hadn't gone down this path i mean thousands of pages of notebooks and ideas and patents and changing the way the world lives i I cannot imagine that but for her encouragement and standing up for her child and taking the responsibility of investing and educating him what we would have missed out on this lifetime or how much longer it would have taken to have some of these amazing discoveries he's credited with Well, it shows you the power of a parent who truly loves a child and that that's an irreplaceable gift. And it it really is a call to arms to us as well as adults to sort of, you know, look at the children entrusted to us or the children in our families or those we can mentor to see the possibilities in them and encourage those possibilities. I mean, you you just mentioned it, but Edison and I, I was just at a school visit, Shannon, kids are amazed to learn the breadth of what Edison either refined or created himself. And we're talking the phonograph, the microphone you and I are talking on now, Mm -hmm. the telephone receiver, the motion picture camera, the very first movie studio in America, uh, the alkaline battery, basically your cell phone. Everything on your cell phone, Edison in some way created the forerunner to it. 
electric communications were sort of his his thrust and of course the light bulb i mean come on just uh, just yeah. unbelievable i mean to even begin to catalog these things and i love that he loves libraries there's this beautiful picture in the book of him sitting in this enormous library and it's part of his story um you'll find out when you read this book again by raymond arroyo called the unexpected light of thomas alva edison you'll find out about his career on a train but that left him with some downtime that he was in um, libraries and he would read and he would learn and he would think and you know to me if i could find a place that would actually let me live in a library i would do it take up residence there but it's it's both a beautiful picture literally on the page but metaphorically too about how his little brain was just always looking to learn and for new yeah. ideas and new ways of thinking well there, there are lessons here for young people and i tell them when i when i visit them this kid was a hustler. He was a hard worker. Oh, yeah. He was always looking for something to, you know, to improve himself and a, a way that he could contribute. Look, at, at, at nine years old, his mother sets him on his path and he's experimenting. You know, he's he's working with chemicals. He's building alkaline batteries. Uh, he's di just absorbing um consuming these books of scientific and electrical theory of the day and then putting it into practice so at 12 years old he goes to work on the railroad and he's selling newspapers and he's selling apples and and treats along the you know aisle of the train but during the six-hour layover in detroit thomas edison would go to the library and he's he read from the bottom shelf to the top and shannon this is another thing that i think is so interesting about his story and and any child who thinks that they have, you know, a disability or something that makes them less than or people have told them they can't. Edison was deaf at 12. He started losing mm -hmm. his hearing. And he said, deafness probably drove me to reading. Uh, in isolation, I had time to think things out. It's really incredible. Yeah. And as you said, such a hustler. I mean, this was not someone sitting around waiting for good things to come to him or to happen to him. He was always working and thinking and yeah. creating, creating his own little newspaper. Um, you know, right. there's a there's a story in the book, too, how he is actually a hero in a moment of life and death. And that leads him to another powerful place that's part of his journey. Yeah. Well, there. you know, uh, I, again, we're calling this series the Turnabout Tales. And Turnabout Tales are really a challenge faced, a decision made and history turning. OK. And in this case, in these historic lives, but really, we all have our turning point tales in our lives. And for mm -hmm. Edison, it was first being thrown out of school and his mother who homeschooled him and allowed him to kind of follow his way and investigate in, in, a, in a tactile way that he was comfortable with. And the second turnabout really is the moment you mentioned where he's working on the railroads. A little child is on the tracks as a freight car moves toward him and Edison jumps from the, the platform, scoops the child up and rescues him. And it ends up that that child, the father of that child, is the man who is the telegrapher at the local station. Telegraphy was a big deal at the time. Edison was obsessed with the telegraph. Well, as a thank you, this man agrees to teach Edison how to use the telegraph professionally, which he does. And Edison excels at it. And that really is his entree into the world of electric communications. He becomes a telegrapher working all over the country. And it is his experimenting and taking apart the components of the telegraph that lead him 
to so many other inventions down the road. Yeah, and you talk about when he loses his mother and really the impetus that is for him to want to honor her memory and her belief in him. And it seems like um, maybe that's part of really pushing him to keep living in an, an unconventional way. I'm sure people thought that he was odd and they didn't understand what he was doing or what he was working on. But right. he really embraced that not only for himself, but for other people that he thought are great tinkerers or imaginers or inventors. I mean, he really tried to foster that as a community. He did. No, the, and you know, this is the curious thing. He almost as a, I mean, you could say that everything he did really was a, a monument to his mother, but particularly the first lab in Menlo Park, which he builds, you know, it's, it's a rustic place at the time. It's out, you know, out far removed from New York. And um, he builds a little community there. His home is there. His lab is there. There's a boarding house where all of the guys, he calls them the muckers, um, <laughs> live. And they come together. But when you really break it down and when you read interviews with Edison, and it's good for us to remember this too, Shannon. We always forget this. He, he said, I really just wanted to create a place where we were safe to play, where we could come together and play every day. He saw this work as, yes, you were trying to wrestle with a puzzle and break through to the next invention, but it was playtime. It was all together. They were having a great time doing it. And that is part of Edison's genius, too. He created what is essentially the first research and development lab in the world. And um, from that experiment comes the light bulb, which there were light bulbs before, but none of them lasted as long as his. They couldn't perfect the vacuum sealing. Edison does that. And it leads me to probably one of his greatest uh, lessons for us, where he used to always say when people called him a genius, he said, no, I'm not a genius. Genius is sticking to it. Genius is staying in the problem. And he said, our greatest weakness lies in giving up. People give up too soon, he thought. Mm -hmm. Edison never gave up. I think that's so true. And I'm sure that when you have young people or college interns, associates come through or come to ask you for advice, that's kind of the number one thing I tell them is that, listen, we've all been discouraged or fired or told no, or you're never going to make it. We've all heard that message from somebody, whatever your given field is. Right. And really so much of it is just refusing to give up in the face of, you know, feeling sometimes you've been kicked in the teeth. I mean, you just have to say, no, I'm just going to soldier on and I'm going to, yep. you know, harness whatever I can find. And for Edison, he clearly had a lot of internal drive to see things differently, to do things differently. But you're right. It's such a good lesson. So many things in this book that translate to things we want our young people to know about sticking with it and failure being OK. I mean, it's part right. of the process and we should never fear it. Right. Well, that was his big, that, you know, he uh, there were a lot of very well-educated inventors of the time and presently who kind of look down on Edison because they feel, you know, he didn't know the theory as well as they did or he wasn't a, you know, a learned man. But the truth is he never let go of the problem. He kept finding and, and pushing himself to find a solution. That really is the heart of his inventing genius. And um, I, I think, you know, I said it earlier, his ADHD, his deafness, Shannon, I think the isolation allowed him to focus deeply on a question that eluded others. And the love of a parent, the power of the love of a parent to give you the confidence to go down that uncharted path and to stay 
at the desk. And, you know, he had a desk he worked at. He used to sleep on workbenches on the side of the lab. He'd go take catnaps and then get back and dive back into the problem. He didn't want to leave the scene. That shows you the type of person he was. And there's a little bit of that that I think we should import into our own lives. And mm -hmm. for parents, you know, I was just at a, a maximum security prison, not by choice. It was, a, it was, you know, not by the law. It was because I was there doing a research project. <laughs> and I met an inmate who'd been there for about 20 years. Um, he was a welder. And he had tears running down his eyes telling me how one of the warden's husbands mentored him and helped him get through his, his all the testing he needed to be a, a, a welder. And he said, he treated me like his son. He told mm -hmm. me early on, I'm going to treat you like my son. And he did. And he said, no one ever treated me like that. I didn't have a mother or a father who cared about me. And I thought in that moment, I thought of Edison. And I thought, what if he didn't have that mother who cared for him? Mm -hmm. um, and what if this prisoner had he may have ended up very differently. So the power of parents, the importance of parents in the child's life, I think being attentive to who and where they are is critical. Critical, not only for their lives, but for all of our lives, as Edison proves. We'll have more Live in the Bream in a moment. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, read a book, show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash bream today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bream. Again, the book by Raymond Arroyo is The Unexpected Light of Thomas Alva Edison. It is beautiful on the page. It is beautiful in its pictures and in its story and the message and the inspiration. Raymond, I love that you and I both get to spend some time. Listen, we do heavy stuff. We do the news. We do destruction yes. around the world. We do division. But I think we're both blessed in that we get to also share these other inspiring stories that kind of reset your brain into the goodness that is in the world yes. and the positive things. And I love this book. It's so inspiring. If that's what people are looking for in their home and for their kiddos, um, I got a lot from it as an adult. But if you want to inspire your kids, too, I just am thankful for the good things that you put into the world. Oh, you're so kind, Shannon. And and look, I'm thankful for all your good work. And and to be able to share this story, and, and you know, this is just the first. There's another one coming out mm -hmm. in October, which is um, Can you give about, us a sneak peek? It, I will give you a little sneak peek. Okay. But, and again, it's about a parent and a child. In this case, Abraham Lincoln and his youngest son, Tad Lincoln. Oh. And how important Tad was at a mo dark moment in American history to his father and how he's connected to a national holiday. It's a really cool story. And again, I hope an inspiring one, because I, I, these turnabout tales, I, I don't want people to think they're confined to history. I want young people to know you can make your own turnabout tale. And in mm -hmm. fact, you will. And it's making you aware that 
obstacles and challenges are the portal to your life, not the end of it. And that is such a good reminder and lesson for all of us, not just kids, but for adults too. We're all going to run into tragedies and unexpected curveballs and difficult things in life, but there are ways through, there are ways around. I mean, for you and I, it's very much about our faith in in navigating sure. those things. But there are good people like um, Edison's mom. I mean, there are people who will believe in you, who will help you through. And I know for me along the way, there have been people who, when I could offer them nothing in exchange, were kind enough um, to reach out and give me a chance. And yeah. um, I think that there is plenty of goodness in the world. You may have to dig a little bit more to find it. But these turnabout tales are a great way to see that, to be reminded of those stories and to have those conversations in your own household so, Raymond, thank you once again for putting something oh. beautiful into the world and for giving us all a bit of encouragement at a time when I think everybody needs it. We do need it. But, you know, we, we like Edison's mother, we have to tend that light in, in mm -hmm. young people and in our own lives. And, mm -hmm. you know, in the case of Edison, that light is one we continue to bask in the glow of all almost a century later. It's just incredible. So thank you, Shannon, for the time. And I love being with you. One quick thing. Just tell us where we can find it. Oh, you can find The Unexpected Light of Thomas Alva Edison in bookstores everywhere online. You can also go to RaymondArroyo.com. I've got some neat videos and things there. Congratulations, my friend. See you soon. Thank you, my dear. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. <laughs>